God desires to release His purposes through each of us here on earth. It is the Holy Spirit who conceives, births and releases heavens that is God's purposes through us. As we consider the Mary miracle, there are several insights we gain on how to release the work of the Spirit or release heaven's purposes here on earth. All right. We're going to uh, make our declaration this morning and then we will get into God's word. So if you don't mind, let's rise to our feet, please. And uh, if you brought your Bibles, you can hold it high up in the air. And we're going to say this together, loud, bold, and strong. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved. Healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word, I believe His word, and I live by His word. Christ is my master, and to Him I am. An absolute surrender. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please shake hands to the people around you, behind you. Say hello to them. Give them your name if you don't know who they are. And uh, then you can be seated, please. I want to just bring a simple word for us this morning. Um, and uh, I titled the sermon here this morning on as releasing heaven's purposes. Releasing Heaven's purposes. All of us are here on earth for this reason. To release heaven's purposes here on earth. Amen? You should be excited by that. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> Is he telling me to change my career, my job? <laughs> I will get to it. <laughs> We're all here for one reason. To release heaven's purposes here on earth. And that's God's intent or God's desire. That he wants to release his purposes. When you say heaven, it means God's. God's purposes. He wants to release his purposes through each one of us. None of us are, are exempt or excluded or, you know, God forgot to include us in his plan. No. Each one of us are here to release heaven's purposes here on earth. Now, there is the general purpose which uh, involves all of us which is common to all of us which is you know aside from our personal walk with God that we love God worship God in terms of what we do on earth we're all here to win souls and make disciples you agree with that we're all here to do that win souls make disciples that's the mandate given to all of us so whether you're a student whether you're uh, you're already you know working you're a professional you may be doing whatever you're doing we are here to win souls and make so yeah, it's a common purpose given to all of us. It's a mandate put upon every believer. We are here to win souls, make disciples. Whatever you're doing. Remember, as a 13-year-old, after I came to know the Lord Jesus, I was so excited to go to school. Not to study per se. But for me, going to school was, wow, whom am I going to share the gospel with today? Who's going to be my victim? <laughs> In a good sense, right? Whom am I going to get for Jesus today? I was, it was my mission field. I was so excited. I, and, and do all kinds of radical things. 
going to school. Same thing in college and then on. So every stage, every phase of life, there is one common pursuit, one pursuit that doesn't change, which is to win souls and make disciples. Now how we, it happens through each of our lives, it could vary. And in different stage of life, it would vary. But this is a common denominator, a common purpose. We are all here to win souls, make disciples. And that should grip our hearts. doesn't matter if you're a student uh, or you're, you're a professor, a teacher, a doctor, whatever vocation you have in life. You're here to win people in your sphere of influence. You're here to win them for Jesus. Share the gospel and make disciples. That should grip our heart. And we should look for every opportunity and every way and means to accomplish that purpose. Are you with me so far? But that's the general purpose. But there is also a specific purpose that God has for each one. For each one of us, there is a specific purpose. God designed you to release a specific purpose here on earth. Something very definitive from heaven here on earth. It will not be the same as a person sitting next to you. It's different for each one of us. That there is something very individual, very personal, very specific that God has in mind, which he wants to birth through you and release through you here on earth for the purpose of his kingdom, for his glory. Amen? So, if you agree with me, agree with the sermon so far, put your right hand up and say this with me. I'm here for heaven's purposes. I'm here here. to birth, birth. to release, to to extend extend. what God wants wants. through my life. I'm here here. for heaven's purposes. Now, just in case the person next to you didn't really believe it, turn to them and tell them, you are here here. for heaven's purposes. (laughs) Just in case. (laughs) We're all here for heaven's purposes. Amen? Now, God releases his purposes through each of us by his Holy Spirit. So he wants to birth through each one of us his purposes. So we must learn to work together with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of the living God, to birth, to to conceive, to birth, to release heaven's purposes. Because he releases them through us. By his Holy Spirit. So this morning, what I want to do, very simple, is to share with us some insights on how God, by his Spirit, releases heaven's purposes through our lives. Or I might probably use the phrase, the work of the Spirit. That's simply heaven's purposes. How does God take us on that journey? Some insights. It's not necessarily a complete story or complete uh, Statement on this, but some insights on how God takes us and release heaven's purposes through our lives. Now, just a little background on what I'm preaching to you. It's a rather old sermon. (laughs) Uh, I've been preaching this since 2001. So, it's a long, very old sermon. Some of you may have heard this before, but it's good just to refresh. But I just want to give you a little background. This was actually Christmas Day, December 25th, 2001. And uh, it was the first, you know, we had started the church in February of that year, 2001. This was the first Christmas, and I wasn't very, I'm not very good in preaching Christmas sermons and all that. And so we were meeting in a small shed in Artinaga, just maybe about 25 people there. But that particular Christmas, uh, especially in those early days, was very, very 
difficult for me because my mother had passed away just the previous year on Christmas Day, 3.30 in the afternoon. So December 25th, 2000, 3.30 in the afternoon, my mother passed away. So this was December 25th, 2001, just a year after that. And uh, we had planned that after Christmas service in church, we're going to go to the cemetery. And so it was like, I was, you know, emotionally, I was still, I don't know what you'd call, in pain, in turmoil. Everybody's going to go home, have lunch. Here we are after service, we're going to go to the cemetery and things. So it was a very difficult Christmas that particular year. And I didn't have a message. So I came to church, all these things going on in my, you know, in my emotions. And I said, God, I don't have a message. What am I going to tell these people? And I was just, at that time, of course, this was only a small group, 25. And uh, worship was going on, but my emotions were all, you know, out of, just out of sorts. Anyway, the worship got over, so it's time for the preacher, you know, so you have to go. <laughs> so, it was a small hall. By the time I left the front row, and the podium was just, you know, three steps away, I just took those three steps, just going to the podium, and in an instant, this whole inspiration came. And I had this, like a seven-point sermon, lessons from the Mary miracle. And so I went to the podium there and uh, wow, you know. And then I, you know, worship was over, went about you know, doing the usual thing. And then I started preaching exactly those seven points that I was saw in that inspiration I received. And everybody thought this past preacher had come prepared. <laughs> they didn't know that this, this whole message had come within those, those few seconds of me just step, leaving my chair and coming to the pulpit. But anyway, so that day we went to the cemetery, finished everything, went back home. I sat down and I just went through the whole message, wrote it down. And, and uh, since that time, you know, we, we printed it. It's now part of our Kingdom Builders book in chapter 3 when we talk about the work of the Spirit. We used this sermon there and so I refined it a bit, made it eight points just to explain. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to share with you this morning. Something, you know, I've been preaching in many, 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 many places, but I thought it will just come to us afresh just to remind us of how God releases the work of His Spirit through our lives. And uh, we're going to use the Mary miracle as a backdrop for this, just to look at that and to draw some insights. Now, some of it may be a little funny, humorous, uh, almost a little trivial, uh, while it might be trivial, I want you to understand that the theology or the truth behind it is not. It's very important for us to understand how God releases the work of the Spirit. So, what can we learn from the Mary miracle? Point one, on how God releases His purposes through our lives. How does God release uh, heaven's purposes or the work of the Spirit through each of our lives? The first one is this, that the work of the Spirit is released into the earth at the appointed time. So when God wants to release his purpose through you, through me, through each of us, it is always birth, is always released at its appointed time. Think about this. Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. Right then, on that very day, God promised in in, in Genesis 3 and verse 15, he said, I will send the seed of the woman. He will crush the head of the serpent. So right then, he said, I'm going to send Jesus. I'm going to send the Savior. He's going to crush that of the serpent. But how long did it take? 4,000 years. If it was you and me, problem fixers, we would have done it right then. Next moment, Jesus, time to go. <laughs> Only two people to die for, one sin to atone for, work is easy. You wait 4,000 years, sinners multiply. Sin increases. The world's a bigger mess. God. 
Why did you wait for thousand years? Four days, okay. Four years, maybe little adjustment. Four thousand. Why? There's only one reason the Bible gives to us. In Galatians 4 and verse 4, the Bible says that in the fullness of time, God sent his son. Why so long? In the fullness of time. Only one reason. So God always releases his work through you and me in the fullness of time. There is a kairos moment. The Greek word kairos simply means the ripe, the time, and the time, the time that is ripe. So it's in the fullness of time God births, God releases his work through you and me. Everything preceding that is a build up towards the kairos. He's building you up. He's shaping you, molding you, working in you. And he's getting people around you ready, circumstances around you ready. It's a build up towards that kairos. Everything else is moving towards that climactic moment when God will release his purpose. But his purpose is always released in its appointed With me so far? Second one. The work of the Spirit is released on the earth through ordinary people. The work of the Spirit is released ordinary people. Now think about this. This was the most important work that God was going to do on the earth. He was going to send the Savior of the world. Zero tolerance for failure. This cannot fail. Must not fail. I need to redeem mankind. So if you and I were put on the job to find out what's the best way to send the Savior into the world, you and I would look for experience. Let's find a woman who's given for, for deliveries, fifth one, guaranteed. <laughs> or you and I would look for, you know, let's find somebody who's a princess. I mean, she's got 20 mates to take care of, and at least they'll take care of the baby even if she doesn't know what to do. And we would look for security. But what did God do? He chose Uh, An insignificant, unknown, inexperienced virgin named Mary and said, I'm entrusting you, Mary, with the greatest work I've ever done on earth, which is to send forth the Savior. Now, if God came to you and me, so God, please, him, oh, sorry, her Lord, her Lord, not me. I mean, we would have tried to get out of that. But here's the point, that God is not afraid to entrust feeble Flawed people, like you and me, earthen vessels. He's not afraid to entrust us with the work of his kingdom. Because the success of that work does not depend on you and me. It depends more on him than it does on us. All that God is asking of you and me is be available. Just be available. And I'll entrust you with the work of my kingdom. But for many of us, that being available itself is a big deal. Because, you know, we are very logical. Oh, God, you know, oh, sorry, I can't do this. I can't do that. I go. We try to excuse ourselves. But all God is saying is, all I want from you is, you be available and I'll entrust you with the work of my kingdom, some part of it, for it to be released on the earth. That's how God works. Through us, flawed, weak, broken, inexperienced, or whatever our limitations are. But God is not afraid to entrust the work of his kingdom through ordinary people like you and me. Amen? Number three. The work of the Spirit must be unadulterated. It must be born purely of a Spirit. 
heaven's purposes are to be released on the earth without the flesh. It must be purely of his spirit. So here comes the angel Gabriel to Mary and says, Mary, the power of the highest will come on you. The Holy Spirit will come on you. And that which is conceived in you will be called the Son of Meaning the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no human involvement, no man involved. This is purely by the Holy Spirit. Purely. That's very important for us to understand. That when we want to give birth to the purposes of God, it must come off the Spirit and there must be no involvement of the flesh. Now what is the flesh? Galatians 5 talks about the works of the flesh. Things like jealousy, pride, strife, competition, anger, hatred, and all those things. He said, these are the works of the flesh. So I cannot give birth to heaven's purposes if I'm motivated by things like jealousy and hatred and pride and things that the Bible calls the flesh. So you ask a pastor, why did you start the church? Because he started, I also started. Why are you doing this? Because he is doing, I am also doing. If you're motivated by competition, strife, jealousy, pride, the flesh, you cannot give birth to the work of the Spirit. Jesus put it like this in John 3 verse 6. I know the context is being born again, but he made a statement of truth. He said, what is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the Spirit is Spirit. How something is birthed determines what it is and what it becomes. If it is born of the Spirit, it will be a work of the spirit. But if it's birthed of the flesh, it will remain a work of the flesh. And God doesn't anoint the flesh, the work of the flesh. So I must be very careful how it is birthed. It must be birthed by the spirit. You're with me so far? Jesus put it like this in Matthew 7 in verse 20 to 23. He said, you know, in that day many will come to me saying, Lord, Lord, in your name we've cast out devils, we've done this, we prophesy, we've done many wonderful things. And Jesus will say, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Can you imagine? These were wonderful things, supernatural things, all done in his name and Jesus calls it lawlessness. He calls it unrighteousness. Why? He gives us two reasons. Because... Anything that is done, even if it is done in the name of the Lord, if it is not birthed out of relationship with the Lord, and if it is not done according to the will of God, Jesus still calls it lawlessness. Anything that is done, even if it is done in the name of the Lord, if it is not birthed out of relationship with Him, and if it is not done according to the will of the Lord, will of the Father, Jesus will call it That's why it's so important for all of us to birth by the Spirit. Sometimes our biggest hindrances are not from the devil. Our biggest hindrances are because of things we have birthed by the flesh. Galatians 4 verse 29 says that it is today just as it was then. That what was born of the flesh fights against, opposes, hinders what is born of the Spirit. So very often the things that we birth by the flesh hinder what God desires to birth by his spirit. Are you with me so far? So it's so important for us. God, what do you want me to do? I want this to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. Not motivated by the wrong things like jealousy and anger and pride and selfish ambition and you know, none, none of that. That shouldn't motivate us. What should inspire us, what should motivate us is the Holy Spirit. The love of God. The compassion of God. 
When we are motivated by that, then we are birthing by the number four. The work of the spirit might be a cause for embarrassment. So when God is releasing his purpose through you, sometimes it's going to result in some amount of shame, embarrassment, all those kinds of things. I mean, just imagine this, imagine with me, you know, just let your mind loose a little bit now. So here is Mary. Gabriel has come and said, Mary, the power of the highest will come on you. The Holy Spirit will come on you and you will conceive by the Holy Spirit. And wow, Mary must have been knocked out on the floor, so excited, joyful. She says, okay, now I've got to tell Joseph. She calls up Joseph. Joseph, I've got good news for you. Joseph says, what's the news, Mary? Do you remember? They're just engaged, right? They're not staying in the same house. Joseph is in his home. Mary's in her home. So here's Mary. I've got good news. What's the news? I'm pregnant. Mary, this is not good news. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. Gabriel came. Who's Gabriel? (laughs) How did he come into the picture? (laughs) I mean... What is Mary going to do? How is she going to explain this to her parents? Mom and dad. (laughs) I was in prayer. And the bright light came. And uh, a seven foot angel stood before me. Mary, get back in your senses. What's happening, Mary? How is she going to explain this whole thing to her friends, her family? Uh, you know, who is going to believe her story? But what's in her is from God. So, what does it tell us? That sometimes when God is birthing his purpose through your life, maybe all the time, people are not going to necessarily understand. Some will doubt. Some will question. Huh, you? I mean, he's going to do this through you. They may not believe in what God is going to work through your life. But that's the way God works, you know. God often offends the mind to expose the heart. He often offends the mind to really expose what's in the heart. Meaning he doesn't fit into our maths. He doesn't fit into our calculations. And so he shocks our mind with the way he does things. But that's when it exposes what's really in our heart. Will we still worship him? Will we still believe him? Will we still journey with him? When he's about to do things in our lives that our minds can't figure out, but yet we, are like, we should be like Mary. God, be it unto me according to your word. I'm going with this. God, he chooses the weak things to confound things that are mighty. He chooses the foolish to confound things that are wise. He takes the, the, the base things. He takes things that don't even exist to confound things that do. That's the way God works. So... The plans, the things that God wants to birth through you may not always be understood by everybody around you. But you still have to go with what he wants to release through your life. Amen? Number five. The work of the spirit is released through normal, natural processes. Alright, I'm assuming all of you have read the gospels very carefully. How many months did it take for Mary to give birth to the baby Jesus? Have you read your Gospels very carefully? How many months did it take for Mary to give birth to the baby Jesus? How many? Nine. (laughs) Now, have you ever wondered, why didn't God make the whole thing a miracle? Day one, conception. Day two, day three, delivery. Finished. The whole thing's a miracle. 
I mean, this is the only baby born in the history of the world, born in three days. Truly the son of God. But it didn't happen that way. The conception was supernatural, a pure work of the spirit. But the rest of it was a normal, natural process. Why is that? Because you and I are co-workers with God. He conceives in our hearts his purposes saying, this is what I want to do through you. Are you going to make yourself available? Are you willing to journey with me to release this purpose here on earth? He conceives it in our hearts by his spirit. But then he calls us to co-labor with him. Which means I need to now begin to do my part. I need to sweat. I need to wake up early. I need to be on time. I need to work hard. The normal natural process meets the supernatural conception of God's work. And it's thus released here on earth. Amen. That means there is no excuse, no exemption from hard work. No exemption from, you know, working. You and I doing our part to release the purpose of God here on earth. The work of the spirit is released through normal, natural. Okay, that's air conditioning. (laughs) it's released through normal natural processes so it's birthed by the spirit but God wants you now do your part you work it out you walk it Paul said I am what I am by the grace of God but I labored I labored so there was grace from God's side labor from Paul's side amen number six we might encounter closed doors Until we come to God's appointed place. You know, just imagine this journey that Joseph and Mary were making from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Mary was full term. And uh, it was time for the baby to be born. And so they were off to Bethlehem. Actually part of the census. They had to go and report there as well. But it was also time for baby Jesus to be born. And so they are here on the, on, on the way, on the, they're making their journey to Bethlehem and try to imagine with me what must have been running through Mary's mind. Mary must have been thinking, wow, this is the son of God. As soon as I enter Bethlehem, there are going to be these angels waiting to receive us. And God would have prepared this wonderful room that's soft and smooth for his little baby to be born. And all these angels would come and attend to this child. And so here they come all the way into Bethlehem and you know what happens. They knock to the first inn. Sorry, no room. Okay, never mind. Let's go to the next one. Knock on the next inn. Sorry, no room. Mary is looking up. God, did you forget your son is going to be born today? I mean, you sent the angel to tell me about his birth. At least you sent an angel to book a room for him. You do something. And so we don't know how many rooms or how many inns they went knocking until finally one innkeeper said, you know, you just have to be happy. The, the cows haven't come home yet. There's a cattle shed. You can use it. And so there in a manger and a cattle shed, baby Jesus, Jesus is born. What's the point? What's the message? Just because you face closed doors doesn't mean what's inside you is not from God. It just means that God is positioning you. He's taking you to the place where he wants that work to actually be released. So don't let a closed door disappoint you, discourage you, or even question what God is birthing through you. God is just positioning you. Every closed door is only a repositioning. Go to the place where God wants to release his work through you. Number seven, and you and I understand this. That the work of the Spirit often has simple, humble beginnings. See, for us, we all 
think like this, grand opening. We want to make it grand. But here was Jesus, the savior of the world. The most important work that God was ever going to do on earth. And he was birthed in a simple, humble cattle shed. And yet, he changed the world. So when God releases his work through you, his purpose through you, it may have a very simple, insignificant beginning. It's okay. doesn't matter. That work is going to change the world. It's going to have the impact God wants it to have. It's going to influence the people God wants to influence. So don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't treat it lightly. Because heaven's purposes often have humble beginnings when they are birthed on the earth. Amen. The last point is the work of the spirit has to be protected and nurtured. You know, Mary didn't give birth to baby Jesus and then says, I know who you really are. I know you're the maker of heaven and earth. Now you better act your age. (laughs) You better take care of yourself. She didn't say that. She took care of the child. Nurtured. They had to take the child away to Egypt to protect the child. And Herod went out killing all the babies. So when God releases a work through you, you are responsible to nurture and to protect. To see it grow. To see it expand. To see it extend. To see it have the impact God wants it to have on the earth. You're responsible for it. He burst it through you. So you protect. You nurture. You let it happen. So all of us are here to release heaven's purposes. And God desires to release his purpose through each one of us. Whatever it might be. One common purpose all of us have is to win souls and make disciples. We all must engage in it. Whatever way we're doing, we must engage in that. But then also understand there's a very, very specific purpose as for your life. That you need to pray and say, God, what is it that you want to release through me? What is it that you want me to birth on the earth? And then you step into it. And he caused that work to come forth for the sake of his kingdom, for his glory, so that lives can be touched here on earth. Amen? So, I want to encourage each one of us. Some of us, I know, have already stepped in to that purpose and we are already going about releasing what God wants to release through us. But some of us, we need to pray. We need to to ask the Lord, God, what is it that you want me to do? It may be start a business. It may be invent something. Maybe come up with a solution for a problem that's around the world. Whatever it may be. It doesn't always have to be inside church. It could be anything outside. It could be, you know, start some education institutions. Do some hospital work. Whatever. But there's something God wants to birth through you. So that it can serve his purposes and bring him glory. But you need to step into it. And understand these simple lessons. As you go about releasing God's work through your life. Amen. So let's take some time. I'll just call our worship team up, please. We're going to pray for a few moments before we close. I want us to pray. And uh, just believe that God will birth through you his purpose. I realize that we've all gone through various circumstances, situations in life. Some may be good. Some may be bad. Some may have broken us. Some may have built us up. Whatever it is, we've all, we've all had our journey, our past. But regardless of all the past, where we are today, if you and I would look to God and say, God, I want to live the rest of my journey for your purposes. then God, I believe, will definitely take us up on that and say, okay, let's do it together.
So as you are here this morning, I want you to understand that God is not afraid to entrust you with kingdom purposes. He's not afraid to do that. He's not afraid to put into your hands a portion, a part, a piece of what he wants seen done here on earth. In fact, he's already got that marked out for you. But would you respond? Would you say, God, I want to make the rest of my journey releasing heaven's purposes here on earth. I've learned a few lessons today by looking at how what you did through Mary. There's a lot more to learn, of course, but it all begins with us just becoming available and saying, God, I'm available. Show me what you want to do through my life. And don't let the past or your experience limit what God wants to do through you. Dare to believe. Dare to dream with God. Dare to embrace whatever He puts into your heart. For some of you, God may say, look, I want you to start businesses. Or I want you to go into that vocation. I want you to move in that sphere of society. I want you to move in that area of business or I want you to do this. God may put that inside you. Let it come out of his spirit. Then you lock into that. You begin to talk to God. Say, God, okay, if this is what you want me to do, take me on this journey, God. I want to birth heaven's purpose. I want to give you a few moments just to pray, please. You and God, would you pray?
Thank you. Let's just rise to our feet, please. Father God, I just pray over every person present here this morning. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that the Spirit of our living God would, would just grip every heart here, God, with a sense of divine purpose. That each one of us are here to release heaven's purpose on earth. That each one of us are here to release, Lord, your purpose. And, and no matter what the devil attempts against us, no matter how he may try to come and destroy us, no matter how he may try to, uh, to nullify and neutralize the call of God, no matter what he may try to rob, steal and destroy in our lives, that we are determined to release the purpose of God on the earth. That none of us, Lord, will slacken, weaken, withdraw, or turn back, Father God. That we will journey with you by the power of your Holy Spirit and cause the purpose of God to be released on earth. Father, I pray for the grace of God to come upon every person. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon every person. I pray, God, for visions and dreams and revelations to grip our hearts. I pray for clarity, God, to know what you've called us to do. Clarity, Father, to understand the blueprint of heaven. Clarity to understand, God, the purpose of God. That, Lord, we will not walk around here aimlessly, but we will walk with clarity. We will walk with focus. We will press into what you have. Lord, that none of us here will be wanderers on earth, but we will be pilgrims with a heavenly purpose, that we will be people called by God, handpicked by God to damage the works of darkness, to advance the kingdom of God. Father, I pray a divine destiny in every person here, Father God, that we will live life with heaven's purpose being released through our lives. And Father, I pray you will touch every aspect of our lives. Touch our finances. Touch our bodies, our minds, our affections, our desires. Let everything be brought into alignment, God, so that your purpose can come forth. Father, I pray for the release of resources, Father God, that you will release the money, that you will release the opportunities, that you will release the people. Let them come and be attached supernaturally to our lives so that we can go about doing what you've called us to do. Let not money, people, or resources, or opportunities be withheld from us. Lord, let it come and attach itself to our lives so that we can be maximized to our full potential, God, for the purpose of God to be released on the earth, Father. And do this through each one of us, we pray. Through every person here. Do this, Father God. Father, I pray you will raise up dreamers, raise up builders, raise up people who will move and shake this nation, who will be movers and shakers globally, Father God. Raise up people who will move into every sphere of society, in every sphere of the marketplace. With the anointing of God, with the word of God, with the fire of God. With the power of God. With the favor of God on their lives. Strengthen every life of God. Strengthen the feeble knees. Strengthen the weak hands. Revive and raise up Lord every person. To do your work on earth. Let there not be one feeble person God. In this place. Do this, Father, and be glorified. Be glorified through every life. That is our only desire. For you to be honored, you to be glorified through every life. We thank you, God. Thank you.
Thank you, Lord. If there's anyone here this morning, you've not opened your heart up to Jesus. If, you're not, if you have never prayed and said, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to forgive my sin and I want to live my life for you. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, then this morning I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer where you can ask Jesus to come into your life, forgive your sins and make you a child of God and put you on this journey where you can fulfill his purpose. So if you've never prayed a prayer like that, I want you feel that you need to do it this morning. Would you just pray with me right where you are? Just repeat this prayer with me as, a, as an expression of your desire for Jesus to come into your life. Be your Savior, be your Lord, and help you live the rest of your life. Just pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. And help me to live the rest of my life. Following you and your purpose. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let's say this once again. I'm here to release heaven's purposes. Each one of us. Amen. So go do that. Journey with God. Release his purposes through your life. Let's close please. I'll just uh, announce the blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God our Father. And the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with each one of us always in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. (laughs) Enjoy your December. I'll see you again. Thanks. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.